podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Pre-Season Raw. It's me, Guy, back again for the show. Liverpool are getting back in the swing of things nicely, people. Um, yeah, we're at, well, it's just me at the min, but I'm going to talk about our 5-0 victory over RB Leipzig. That second half was funny, um, but I am waiting for Stephen, who is putting his kid to sleep at the minute, who apparently has hiccups and he let watch the game, so I'm blaming Stephen there. Um, but I will get into it. I'll get the boring stuff out the way I in the starting eleven. Um, Adrian in goal because we have no other goalkeepers at the minute Trent at right back Canate, Van Dijk, Robbo probably the starting first choice back line you'd think um, Matip or Canate is always going to be a discussion but Ibu I think he's played two of the games with Van Dijk in, in pre-season at the min um, so yeah probably them two um, for me anyway Midfield three of Fabinho, Thiago, Cater. Again, they've played together pretty much exclusively in pre-season. So for Fulham or the Charity Shield, whichever whichever one was seen as the start of the season, doing air quotes there, because the Charity Shield can be seen as just a friendly. Um, maybe that's the start of midfield. Obviously, Henderson, as I say, Elliot's looked really good in pre-season, so is Carvalho, to be fair. Um, Henderson played really well in the second half as well, to be fair today. Um, then a front three of Diaz, Firmino and Salah. And before the game, keyword there is before, I thought that would be our locked-in start of the uh, season front three because, well, Jota's injured, Nunes uh, hadn't played too well. Uh, that soon changed. Um, and Bobby, yeah, he's fit. Klopp's been bigging him up, bigging him up in, in, in training. Moore's more, he's always going to play in Diaz. It was so exciting the second half of the season, but as we get uh, to the uh, second half, we can get to discuss that a wee bit more about Darwin. Stephen's just texted me that he's loading up now, so hopefully by the time I get on to the first goal, he'll be with us. But, I mean, the start of the game... Actually, I'll go through the, I'll go through the RB team, because we do know some of the players, albeit Tedesco, the manager, seems like one of them Nagelsmann... Pep weirdos who just plays people in random positions. So, yeah. Hello. There he is. Hello, Stephen. Sorry, small person. Mum's had to take over. No problem. Well, I hope you know you had some illness in the family. Yeah, all four of us have got COVID. It's fucking brilliant fun. Oh, beautiful. And you live in Narnia, which we discovered yesterday as well. Yes. Yes. Which is very fun. But I will f- I'll finish the RB team and I'll come to you for our team. Uh, Galaxian goal, Liverpool legend. Uh, Simicon, Auburn, Halstenberg, Heinrich, 
Sosbalai, Campbell, El- Angelino, Soloff, Olmo, and Nkunku. Um, Stephen, our first choice 11 there. I, I don't think that's too far off our starting 11 for the first game of the season. No, I mean, apart from, apart from the goalkeeper, it's yeah. pretty close. I think maybe Nunez or Nunez, however we're supposed to pronounce it, is going to expect to be starting over Bobby, but I was pretty excited with that, especially the um, the NFT midfield being back. Yeah, I think they've they've exclusively started together in in preseason as well, if I if I remember correctly. So, yeah, they, they yeah. seem to be put together at the min. Um, anyone from RB t- uh, tickle your fancy before the game because we do obviously see them as somewhere to shop from. Yeah, I know a lot of people have mentioned players like um, Comrade Lima, but I quite like Danny Olmo. He's a quite, he's a tidy little player. He was really highly rated when he when he signed for them, and today I feel he was, you know, I was quite excited to see what he would do and see how he played. He's a, he's not a particularly exciting player, but he's just got a very nice, tidy, neat way of playing the midfield, and I quite, I like players like that. I think when you know we've obviously got one of the best in. Tiago and we've got Elliot who's proving to be very smart in that way of playing so yeah he was the one I was looking looking forward to watching today yeah I've seen a bit of him in the Spanish national team yeah he seems seems like a fun player um and Kunku Dell's back in the chat finally take I need Dell need Dell for my discord <laughs> um and Kunku yeah he's, he's the eye-catching one um, I think he got 30-odd goals in the Bundesliga. It might have been all comps last season, but he was linked with many moves um, this summer, but stuck around there. Um, yeah, but hey-ho, we will move on. Uh, Stephen, we pretty much start the game pretty well, and, and by the seventh minute, we score. Yeah, it's a really good start. Um, I thought Thiago and Bobby were both particularly bright. There was some really good sort of movement forward. There was just before the goal... I quite liked how Bobby picked the ball up. It's probably around the centre circle and he's driving forward. And rather than losing it or panicking like he kind of was last season, he saw that RBL had got back far too quickly and played a nice little sensible ball to cater. We get possession and we kind of built the pressure from there, which finally led to um to Mo's goal. So it was a really positive start. Um, it wasn't the fastest paced game, but it was for a pre-season game. I felt like the players had, at least got into second gear, right? So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good start to the game and a bit of a tap-in for Mo, even though, I don't know, should the keeper have got it? He didn't seem to have to hit it particularly hard. But again, as I said before about Bobby, Bobby just played the right pass through to him for the goal. I think it was a 1-2 with him, wasn't he? Just the perfect way into straight in front of him. Mo has to do nothing but steer the ball into the back of the net. So, um. Everyone knows that Firmino is my favourite player. So seeing him play well and doing what we love about him today for the first, you know, first few minutes was definitely a, a great start to the match. Yeah, I think it was almost too easy a finish. I think the goalkeeper was kind of just lost at sea there because there's too much of the goal for him to cover. Um, but yeah, it's easy for more well worked by Bobby. Uh, their defence looking a tad drunk. I'm not. I'm not sure when they started pre-season. I think the Bundesliga starts a bit after us. So there might be a couple um, weeks behind us or something. But yeah, um, 
What is next up in my notes? Messi defending, Van Dyke looked a bit drunk. Yeah, it's fact pre-season, who cares? Then Van Dyke decides to go, I will play quarterback and do a lovely pass to Mo, and then Mo isn't right-footed. Trent did a dirty pass, and then there's a quick a little break and Soloff's down injured. But it, it certainly seemed like we've we're taking steps in this preseason, Steve. I mean the Man United game was horrid because well we were I think we were ten days behind them in pre-season. Palace was an odd game because it was Singapore. Or, was it? Yeah, it was Singapore and it was sweaty and horrible. And Palace had a mix of toddlers and half a team. And we were obviously still up to speed. But this this one looked like we're ready for the season. And I think this first half, without being explosive in front of goal, we just kind of went, well, this is how we play. Yeah, it, it was a bit scruffy though. You know, Van Dyke messing around, Fabinho on his... Ended up what on his knees getting fouled. Um, it it was a little bit messy, but you can forgive them in preseason. Apart from that, I thought and the, a silly little pass. I think Ebu forgot that he didn't play for Leipzig. Apart from a you know his, he almost put was it in Kunku through. But apart from that, I thought the back four were, had a fairly easy game. Robbo seemed a bit quiet. Trent, as you said, pinged some some nice balls forward and. Virgil van Barese at one point, wasn't he? He was just loving that mm. six, 60 yard over the top to tomorrow today. Yeah, I think the way Leipzig played, as I said earlier, I think they seem to be un- clearly unfit. They just really couldn't get anywhere close to us. I think the odd foul in midfield, but they really couldn't press any of the centre backs. Trent had the freedom of the pitch and so did Robbo when he got involved as well. And we saw it with Simicast as well. He probably got a bit more involved than Robbo. So yeah, I think we had the freedom to do what we wanted, really. Um as I said, Soloff was down injured. Everyone had a nice cheeky sponsored a Red Bull drink break. Um What else was the a nice combination by Nabby and Robbo on the left. Didn't really come anything. Robbo, I think, took a couple too many touches. Then a nice, as I quote in my notes, a big shagger tackle by Ebu, because why not? Uh, Robbo did a Robertson shot, nearly falls to Bobby. Um, and then right at the end of the first half, Stephen, we, we get a chance for, for Red Bull Leipzig. Nkunku misses, maybe if he's a bit fitter he scores, but maybe he would fit in at Liverpool, because we like missing chances like that as well. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a lot of fanfare around him, but he didn't seem particularly mentally switched on today did he and i know it's pre-season but you'd expect your big name player against a big team to show a little bit more than his show today um as i said i thought danny almo was quite tidy and kept trying to move the ball and um i can't pronounce his name the hungarian kid looked interesting but unconco i forgot was, yeah i forgot unconco was playing to be honest um mm. trend did a really nice bit of recovery as well there was yes. a ball over the top and he ended up in basically the left fat position and mm. just deals with the situation with absolute no fuss. I think sometimes we forget how quick he is and how strong he is. He doesn't, we know how composed he is, but I think, um, yeah, we, people are too quick to worry about his attacking play and forget that he's a very smart footballer full stop, right? So he puts him, he, he makes the right run to, the, for the, to intercept the ball and does the right things with the ball rather than panicking and smashing it to the keeper or kicking it out. So I think people just need to f- remember that Trent's actually a bloody good defender and just a very, very small footballer, full stop. 
Yeah, I think we almost forget that he's a hell of an athlete as well, as you say. I think his, his footballing qualities are fantastic, but look at the lad. He's 23 and he's built like a brick shithouse. It, it's them Bouvatch Royd flakes coming in handy all the way back from 2017. Um, it, it made me laugh on the commentary although with Mo. They kept banging on about how Mo was playing as an inside right and a centre forward, and every time they talked about it, Mo was pretty much by the touchline. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like it's like they haven't watched him for the last five years and know that he's going to cut inside and that's what he does. But yeah, it was a bit, I don't know. Some of the NFC. Yeah. Some like the pre-match picture as well, showing complete the right players in completely the wrong positions. I don't oh, understand. No, that annoyed me. That I, I, annoyed don't, me. I don't understand how the production team for the club's football channel can get it so wrong. Yeah, they're like Tiago as the six and Fabinho on the right. It was like, ugh. Yeah. Horrid, horrid stuff. Apparently all our Discord chat has COVID as well, so you're not alone there, Stephen. Um, <laughs> so happy days for you there. Um, we get into the second half and people are probably wondering why I've rushed the first half there. Is because we went on a fucking rampage in the second half. <laughs> um we did a few subs at halftime, which I haven't got in my notes. Let me just open flash score up quickly. Uh, duh, duh, duh. So at halftime, we get Matip on for Kate. I don't know why they put them together. Simakas apparently came on for Kanata. Nunes came on for Robertson at left back. Yes, he did. And Bobby came on. Uh, and Henderson came on for Bobby. Uh, they obviously didn't come on for each other, but we had a bit of a. Uh, a switcheroo there but it's basically instant there Stephen. 47th minute we get a penalty some nice pressing work by henderson their goalkeeper's a bit drunk and basically spears i think it was diaz if i remember correctly um but, but isn't diaz brave like that's at least two penalties he's won by putting his body on the line right um what's his name that really annoying mexican forward for united hernandez is it like yeah. he's got that thing where he just he doesn't care. He's going for that ball. He's putting his body on the line. He almost got knocked out in the game, didn't he, last season? And he he's thrown himself at it again. You know, he knows that the keeper's got two choices. Let him score or take him out. So yes, the keeper was a bit dumb, but I don't think Diaz gave him much choice to do anything else. So I think we should celebrate the positivity of Diaz's mentalness. He's definitely on a Mascherano streak, hasn't he? As opposed to just blaming the goalkeeper for being a drunken fool. You just reminded me Sanchez didn't get sent off in that game. That was fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, referees are back in a couple of weeks. That'll be fun. Um, yeah. Penalty. Um, we all probably wanted Darwin to take it, but we've seen in the past, I think Fabinho missed his first penalty in pre-season. Maybe people just expecting more to take it, but Darwin has an excellent penalty record. I, I'm pretty sure he does. I don't think he's missed one yet. I don't like the Jorginho run-up bullshit, but he, well, he almost missed, but he scored his penalty, and that's all we needed. Yeah, and I think it just goes to show people underrate, like Mo is a team player. People like to focus on the goals, and he's accused of being selfish, even though Sy will tell us all that he creates more chances than anybody else, not called Trent. Um he, it, it kind of, you just kind of knew really that he was going to let Nunes take it, given it's a, a friendly, okay, it's the, if it's the Premier League or Champions League, 
he's getting in line after Mo, but you kind of knew he was going to take it and the boy can smash a ball, right? I know the keeper got a hand on it, but if you don't hit, if you can't smash a ball that hard, the keeper's saving it. Very true, very true, but as soon as he misses, he'll miss one and then that hop skip bullshit's got to go, I'm afraid. I don't make the rules, but we, well, I do, but I can't, I can't do it. The Jorginho penalty just haunts me. Um, but that's probably where the story begins. And as the usual British cliche goes, you're waiting for a bus. Then four come at the same time, obviously. Um, a few minutes later, Nunes again gets another goal. A lovely finish. But it's, again, nice pressing work by, I think it's Henderson and um, Thiago this time. And then falls to Trent, who's playing as a centre-fold for whatever reason. Uh, nice little pass to Darwin and a lovely finish. I said this on Nina's pod. That's the kind of goal, which is why I like to compare him to... Um... Zlatan, like early Zlatan, not not Ibrahimovic when he had this big media personality, like in the Ajax early Juve years. If he wants to be quick, he can be quick. If he wants to be strong, he can be strong. But he just knows how to get himself in the right position, and he didn't even need to look upright. The ball's just in front of him, and you know he's scoring. And he just looks so elegant and majestic while doing it. It was such an enjoyable goal. Plus, he's got the top knot, so it was a really good goal and. You know, as when we were linked to him and when we first signed in the pods I was on, they were the that was the kind of thing that got me excited about signing him. Just that composure. He doesn't rush. He doesn't snatch at it. He doesn't do anything stupid. He just simply buries it. Yeah, it's it's one of them ones where our forwards obviously scored a lot of goals, but sometimes they do miss the not did miss the easier chances. Even more, who scores a million goals a season, whereas I think. It might just be nostalgia here, but you remember Torres going through goal and every time yeah. you think, yeah, he scored. Like, we all remember in Van der Sar, Vidic, etc. We remember them games where, in a 1v1, he just does he does that, and that's kind of what a number nine does. Um, so, yeah. I think you're right. Like, he's a, what, six two six three. He looks like Something a proper over six foot centre forward. The way he strikes the ball, he's not a midfielder or another player's got into position. You just know... His his whole body shape, he just looks like he's going to score. And to me, when he, once he struck that, I was like, oh, he's going to have fun today. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think as soon as Leipzig, Leipzig, well, tired a bit and then took off a few of their first teamers, I think the the difference in quality went up a level level. And then, well, even we, we did a few more subs on the 58th minute. Uh, da, 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 I think they did as well, actually. Uh, they brought on Forsberg, Novoa, let's go with that, um, Haidara, Lima, and Java Slager, the most Germanic name in the world, uh, and then we bring on a few couple minutes later, Basatic, the young lad, I can't remember what his first name is, Harvey Davis came on in gold, uh, in gold, in goal, uh, Joe Gomez on at centre-back, Fabio Carvalho, who I want to talk about as well, Curtis Jones came on for Thiago, James Milner at right-back, Harvey Elliott came on for more. Um, I might as well do it now, because we're probably just going to go back to Darwin in a sec, but we brought on these young lads there, and Basatic, was he involved in the... F- Fourth or the fifth? Was the fourth? Um, yeah, Basatic comes on. It's a lad I've I've heard I've seen his name, but I never heard him play. I always thought he was a centre back. Um, maybe not telling, but 
And he's in the he got a game above Tyler Martin, who we saw get Champions League minutes last season. Um, unless unless Tyler Martin's injured or been sent out on load or missed something, but it's probably somewhat of a statement that he's come on ahead of some players that have had minutes before. Yeah, but some of it may be circumstantial, right? Um, Klopp said this year that they're looking at developing Morton as a number eight. Maybe they decided mm. today wasn't wasn't the right game to play Hendo as a six, and it was a good chance to give him a give him her run with Hendo ahead of him. Um, I'll be honest, if I didn't play football manager, I would have had no idea who he was when I saw the name come up. I only recognised him from from playing that game. Um, but yeah, he looked really composed. He was smart. He was playing a lot deeper than Fabinho. He spent a lot of time like dropping back towards the centre halves. Maybe that's because he has been or sometimes as a centre-back. But I thought, he, yeah, he looked bright. He was definitely out there to make an impression. And also, you know, the Leipzig midfield, like I thought Haidara might be an interesting look at today, but he just was non-existent. I think when you're playing against a midfield that doesn't really want to play, as a kid, you've got to take the opportunity and show your best looks. And he's the deepest midfielder, but he's also the most advanced midfielder when we get the fourth goal when he's pressing pressing their back line I thought he was really good today I hope we get to see more of him but you know he's not the player who most I thought he was really good today and it was nice seeing a young player come through and lots of people getting excited but he wasn't the one that really excited me today he was just something I enjoyed watching him but I think the bit that got me really excited was just seeing Harvey again today Um, he's he's just so smart right you know, there's a lot of talk about CJ. CJ's a fantastic player ability-wise, but sometimes his decision-making can be a bit off. And for the fourth goal, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the composure and the decision of when to play the ball. He could snatch it, he could try and play it too quickly, but he just takes that extra half a millisecond before he plays it, and Nunes has got a lovely tap-in. Um, and that was just the start of a really bright, what, 30-odd minutes for Elliot? I thought he was really, really good today. Yeah, Elliot was fantastic. I think we'd throw Carvalho in there as well. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But when them some subs were made on that, I've got it as the fifty eighth minute. I think they were a smidge later, but uh, we see a couple chances. I think Carvalho and Elliot both get headers, if I remember correctly. Some really nice play around there. But as as you say, Elliot was fantastic. I, I'm really. Out of all the youngsters, because I've really not seen anything of Carvalho over than these preseason games. Elliot was lightning at the start of last season. If it's taken the whole of the last season after the horrific injury to get back to where he was, so be it. I think he's still 19, maybe even 18. I, I think he can reach levels, proper levels in the team. So whatever position, yeah. whether it's right centre mid, right wing as Moore's backup, or alternative, I just want to see loads of him. And him and yeah. him and Fabio both did the same things today quite often. Um there mm. was a corner there was a corner that came back and the ball dropped to um it dropped to Elliot and CJ often tries to smash a 20-yard shot in. Hendo always tries that stupid clipped ball. And he just very composed, plays the ball out to Milner, who gets a decent cross in. You know, he just makes the right decision of the players around him. Um and Carvalho was doing the same off the left. There were chances where some players would snatch it across or some players would snatch it a shot and he knows when to take that extra that extra 
touch before taking a player on or playing the ball on. They both just looked really, for their age, they just looked really, really composed. They look like they've got a really high footballing IQ. They understand their role in the team and they were out to impress today. And I thought they can both walk off that pitch extremely proud of themselves. And as people said, we're going to have a really exciting cup team today, this season. And I think we're going to see them popping up in rotation for, you know, Premier League minutes as well. They were both really, really good today. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, not sure what Carvalho's best role is, but on the left, he looked really good, combined really well with, with Simicas on that side. Obviously, if it's Robbo at times, but we've got the five subs. If Diaz has run someone ragged, maybe not. He's not as quick as Diaz, obviously, but his movement seems to be really intelligent. Um, I'm trying I think to think he... who he reminds me of. People say Coutinho, but I think there's something a bit more attacking, like attacking the box. Almost Frank, not Frank Lampardi as a comparison, but he attacks the box like he used to. I'm not sure who I, who I compare him to, but he just seems to have really good movement, and that that's, yeah. that should be a weapon to, to use. He glides. He's got that way that plays like Coutinho and... Um... For the oldies, Del Piero just glides with the ball at his feet. And I think he's a really good compliment to Diaz. I think they both have that. They're on the left. They're going to cut inside a lot, but they're not always going to cut inside and shoot like Phil used to. They're going to cut inside and play one twos. They're going to play three balls. They're going to. It might actually just be Mane. He reminds me of. <laughs> that might be the thing. Sorry, God. Yeah, I mean, it's not as quick as. I think he's. I think Mane was very reactive. And I think that, to me, maybe Fabio is more proactive. He's thinking about what to do rather than just reacting to what's happening around him. But he looks really smart. And I think you're right. Like when Diaz runs teams ragged, having Fabio coming in and being a very similar type player is really, is smart. It gives us consistency of what's going to happen for players like Darwin to nail their movement, especially... um, before the substitution, something I noticed a lot was happening was Darwin was running the left channel and then was drifting out wide. And Diaz was, whenever he did that, Diaz was popping up um, in that sort of false nine central yeah. position. And we know that Carvalho played a lot of minutes as a 10 off of Mitrovic last year. Yeah. So hopefully he's got, he seems to have that game intelligence right, where if Diaz, if that's something Diaz wants to naturally keep doing, because Torres did it a lot as well, didn't he? Torres used to love running that left inside channel. Mm-hmm. That means that Diaz can, uh, both of Diaz and Fabio can cut inside into that position and be those playmakers who then put the ball through to any of the forwards or midfielders on the pitch or have a crack themselves. So yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. He's really exciting. Um, I hope the fans are patient with him and we give him the whole season to really settle in and play at Premier League level and play at Champions League level rather than getting overexcited and then people slagging him off because he hasn't scored 15 goals. He might score 15 goals. That'd be awesome. But let's just, let's just hope he gets three right. But he looked really good today. He looked really positive and he seems to have the right mentality. Yeah. It certainly has the right skill set as well, as you say. Yeah. You just look at him and I thought, yeah, he fits like a Liverpool player, like a glove. Um, anywho, let's move back on. Uh I have it seven minutes afterwards. Darwin gets his hat-trick. Basatic wins the ball. Pressing really high. Nice from him. Uh, passes it to Elliot. Nice and clean. Easy pass across the box to Darwin. Yes, please. It's his hat-trick. It's 
<laughs> them fail comps have gone away after about 70-odd minutes pre-season. Yeah. So, and it's a, lo- it's a lovely tap-in finish, like a really composed. The ball from Harvey's so good. Mm. He just has to guide it in. He doesn't, again, he hasn't snatched it. He hasn't tried to smash it in or do anything smart or clever or try some stupid flick over. He's just let the ball roll across him and tapped it in the corner. And, you know, the keeper's got no chance. It was a really, really nice goal. It was a really confident finish from Darwin. And a, as I said before, such a beautifully weighted pass from Elliot. But it's why I'm so excited about Harvey. He just makes the right decision. He didn't smash the ball across. He didn't overhit it. He just put it on a plate for Darwin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's absolutely. easy to get those wrong. We've seen it countless times, haven't we? Where Oh, God. <laughs> where where is there's, there's an easy tap in and the, the ball coming in just isn't good enough. So, it, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching him play today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I got just, I stopped making notes for 10 minutes because, yeah, that's what I do in these games. So I'm going to fast forward to the 81st minute. Uh, Carvalho has a nice run. Shot just went slightly wide. Uh, I think it was from a tough angle. It would have been a hell of a finish. Uh, we've talked about Carvalho there. We don't really need to uh, to talk about many more. Darwin with a monster header. It's a good save by the goalkeeper, to be fair to him. Harvey and Carvalho combining really well. Fulham Academy days. Flashbacks, you know. The crack. Um, 89th minute. 5-0. Carvalho with the assist. Pringle wrists in goal. That goalkeeper, <laughs> it wasn't his day. But it, 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 it's four for Darwin. I mean, I mean, it shouldn't have went in, let's be honest. The keeper was kind of crap. But, yeah, it, from what from what people were saying pre-game, mostly not Liverpool fans, but there was the odd Liverpool fan sit worrying about the... God, 60 minutes of pre-season, but I'll ask it anyway. There was some Liverpool fans almost doubting it after 60 minutes of pre-season, but... I mean, four goals against a Leipzig team. I did check. It's their second pre-season game, so they're probably well behind us in fitness, let's be fair. But four goals in a game against good opposition. We've got uh, Wednesday, I think we play Salzburg, another good opposition, and then we've got the charity field. So, yeah, four goals ahead of the actual season starting. Yeah, there were two things about that goal I wanted to mention. The first one was the actual finish. it's one of those where the keeper's beaten before he's even struck the ball. I know he gets underneath him. I know it It could have been a better finish. But the keeper's basically seen Darwin coming at him and going, oh, fuck, he's scoring. Because if he isn't thinking that, then he saves it. He's basically given up before the shot's gone in. And again, that's why I like comparing him to the Zlatans and the Torreses, because when you've got that, that presence on a pitch sometimes just being the player taking the shot can be enough to put the keeper off. Because um, you know that if that's one of the kids coming through, the keeper is all full of confidence, but he's just given up when he sees Nunes coming down at him. He's already banged him three goals and the ball just goes under him. And the keeper just looks a bit like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But um, the, the the play from... Fabio again. When I was talking about the, the, the sort of his footballing IQ, a few minutes before that, a ball comes over on the left to CJ in a really similar position, but CJ does the wrong thing. He snatches it across and just hits the defender. Whereas Carvalho knows what to do, takes the touch and puts in a perfect ball. Um, I'm, not, I'm not bashing 
Curtis. I think Curtis is a f- fantastic footballer. I just think what makes those other two so exciting is their decision-making. They might lack the experience of CJ, but their decision-making is so good, and they proved it today just by putting the ball on the plate for who is going to be an absolute monster of a centre-forward for us. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think I said it in the first half. I'm not sure if it was before you were on the pod. I think it wouldn't surprise me if we still start with Bobby, Diaz and and Moore as the starters. But I know it's a pre-season game and they you're chaining your entire team. But even if you just look at it boringly as a weapon off the bench until Klopp thinks he's ready to start games, I mean, just look at the three lads who came on. Look at the impact they had. Yeah. It's it's completely different. Like it is literally chalk and cheese how Bobby and Darwin will play up front. I definitely with the whole the whole five sub thing, right? I think I think you might be right. Um we know that Klopp likes to do the sixty thirty that he often does or was doing with Tiago and Cater before Cater proved he was much better than Hendo in that midfield three. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see a lot of 60-30s, you know, Bobby starts the Saturday game, Darwin starts the midweek game, and vice versa, until he feels that he's got up to speed with the league and that his teammates and everything else. And, yeah, as you said, they're chalk and cheese. So the fact that Diaz is so direct, the fact that if Jota's starting on the left in some games where Bobby's playing through, you've got a centre forward for Bobby to play with. But then when when Nuno starts over over Bobby, then Diaz can be more creative and not worry so much about trying to score. So I think we've got some really, really exciting, really exciting options on our front line this season. And just to see um just see Bobby looking like he's enjoying himself today. If Bobby's fit and he thinks he can get into the World Cup team and he can get enough minutes, I think it makes that forward line quite terrifying for the opposition because you don't necessarily know which three you're going to play against and they can all on their day be match winners and now Mo's signed that long-term contract it wouldn't surprise me if he went on a massive purple patch right because there's no mm. there's nothing hanging over his head now he's here for four years there's no speculation there's no pressure he got what he wanted and maybe he wanted a centre forward. Him and Jeko used to love playing together, so maybe that was part of it, right? So, I think we've got a really, really exciting forward line this year, and defenders should rightly be shitting themselves because how do teams prep for it, right? How do you prep for those five, especially when any combination could be can play so differently? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think we may not have the best three anymore, like I think we did when we had Mane. Bobby and, and, and Salah in the pomp, but I think as a selection, I think if Darwin establishes himself, if D, and Diaz probably more importantly remembers how to score goals, um, yeah. it, it, it could soon get back up to that really well-established level and, and certainly yeah. be in the conversation of best in the world. And no doubt in my mind, it will get back in that conversation, to be fair. And they complement each other, don't they? Mo's, Mo is his own player. He calls himself a winger still, but scores bundles of goals, create so many goals. Darwin is a back to the old school, proper Torres, number nine. He's got to play on the shoulder. He's strong. He's quick. He's, you know, got a, what looks like a really good all-round game for number nine. And Jota's a proper poacher. Um, he really mm-hmm. does have like those old school Fowler moments, the back post tap-ins, the headers, like 
different styles of play. I don't know. I know I said Fabio and um, Diaz are similar, but there's still a lot of flexibility of how how that forward line can line up. So yeah, I think it's going to be really really fun to watch this year. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, just before we finish off, I think goalkeepers, as long as two, Kelleher and Allison are fit, they're spot on. Allison, best in the world. Kelleher's really promising. Right back, we got Ramsey, Trent's best in the world. Best four selection of centre backs in the world. Robbo's excellent, and Simicas is excellent as well. Midfield, I think most people will like one more, but I think we've got four that are really well trusted. Um, you, you made a slight slide dig at Henderson there, but let's be fair, Klopp trusts him. He can play really well, and all of us want him to play really well. Like to to be fair, we, I mentioned it a few times in the past. Second half, he was excellent. He was fantastic. Yeah, um, Hendo's great. He's just not exciting, and we want exciting players. He is just who he is when he plays as. And sometimes exciting is not the right word. I think he can be. I think Henderson can be explosive rather than exciting, if that makes sense. I know we can't get the tag of Andy Henderson and stuff like that, but if if he's pre- his off ball work, if he presses like a demon, he has a good shot on him. We saw it in the Palace game, his trademark shot. He is good in them wide areas at times. It's just, I don't know. Last season, it seemed to be one game he was quite good, and then the other game he was dreadful. So if he finds more consistency than last season, the added fitness. Then we've got four really good because I'm a fan of Naby as well and Fabinho and Thiago are fucking excellent. So yeah, I, I just think, think we've got Hendo's, four really good midfielders. I think Hendo's days as an eight are limited. I think they're coming to an end. I think when he does play as the right side of eight, he does quite often leave the the right back exposed because he doesn't get it back into position. He just sits there shouting. Whereas when he plays as the six, I think he takes that responsibility on a little bit more. And Klopp also picks him to play at the six, usually because of the op- the opposition we're playing, where there's no pressure on Fabinho, so it's a good chance to give him a rest. So I don't have issues with Henderson. I just would like to see him be further down the pecking order this year. I think CJ's job this season, if we don't go and sign a starting level number eight, is to take those minutes off Hendo, and Hendo becomes the backup six and becomes that old head that Klopp trusts and brings on to see out games or to play against Burnley or what have you. Um, I think CJ needs to try and get a bit of rhythm and consistency and maybe be that fourth choice centre midfielder behind what at the moment Thiago and Case were the first choices. I think Harvey looks like he might be getting some minutes this year, then maybe CJ, then you know, Hendo's obviously going to be third choice for now, but maybe maybe Curtis's job is to try and push Hendo down the pecking order on that right-sided role. To be fair, I think it'll still be. I think because the first half of the season is it's not con it's not congested. I think he'll try and play NFT maybe as much as possible with Henderson. I say Henderson sprinkled in. That sounds stupid. I think it'll be the four that finished the last season because yeah. you can rotate one player, whereas in the second half of the season, it'll be fucking mental after the World Cup, and that's when I think yeah. we'll see Jones and Elliot in midfield a bit more. Yeah, um, when I say like their role is to come in and establish themselves and push them down the pecking order, I'm talking about for the important part of the season, you know, January through to the end. I'm not talking about the start of the season. Klopp's going to go with the players he trusts. He's trying to bed in some new players. He's going to want his captain on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think 
you know, again, we need to be patient with Ramsey. We've not seen him yet. Milner's obviously going to play some games at right back and against teams that aren't going to get in behind. I mm. don't see that being too big of an issue. We put in some really good crosses today and mm. we know he's he's slow, but he's he's smart and he's quick and he tries to do the right things for the team. You know, Gomez has signed a new contract. Maybe he's accepted he's going to be a bit of a carra and he's going to play a bit of centre-back, a bit of full-back and he's just going to be a proper team player. So, um. Yeah, I think it'll be yeah, one more midfield would be nice, but I'm not worried. If we go into the season with the team as it is and we have this team until the 63rd game of the season, I think there's every chance we could win a quadruple. Yeah, I think as we've gone on the tangent, why not? I think the title will be decided between City and Liverpool again. I think it'll just be who who settles with the number nine quickest, to be fair, or best. I think... They've obviously sold Sterling, we've lost Marnie. It's going to be a big adaptation for both of us. But I think we'll finish up there, Stephen. We don't want to go on for too long on this podcast. Um, yeah, that will be... I think it is Wednesday we play next. I'll be back. I'm not sure if Stephen will be. I'll see who's about in the chat. Um, but that's it from us. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.